superb sunshine. I guess spring weather is almost there. I couldn't resist the temptation. I had to go for a run. Yeah, took a nice little walk today as well. So fresh air, sunshine on my skin, you know. Yeah, melanin. <laughs> I guess we're back again on the pod. So there's quite a few interesting topics to touch on today. So what you said, let's get right into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire off. Let's do it. Outside, we're back. We really are back. You know, you don't have to wear a mask right indoors right now or in the elevator, which is super, it's a relief for me. Mm-hmm. And we're actually recording from the library right now, which is one of my favorite places. But I haven't been coming here in so long because I don't want to have to wear a mask for a couple of hours. Yeah, I know. And this is my first, I guess, public sentence since they removed the, um, since it's also, you know, we can take up our masks and stuff. So I haven't yeah. really gone anywhere else and yeah it just feels good to be able to just walk in and really not wear one right True. so yeah I mean it might be controversial for some people but me I'm glad to take it off oh I've been ready I'm, I'm, I'm ready I've been ready the whole time and I'm glad it's off now and one of the adjacent effects of that is there's been a lot of talk and a lot of action about back to the office for many yeah. many companies what do you think about that nope <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah, a lot of companies. I'm like, what's the hurry, though? Like, you guys did this for what? How many years was this pandemic now? I don't know. It feels like one long year, but two years, something like that? Like, you've yeah. done it for so long. What's the hurry to get back into the office? Right? At the very least, I think no one should be going back to the office full time. I feel like it should be, um, you know, like, at the very least, a hybrid, right? So you go in, you know, some days, and some other days you stay home. Because you're just more, it's more efficient for you that way. Better work-life balance. You get to do a lot more of your day as well, rather than, you know, spending two hours or whatever in transit going to work. I like the idea of a hybrid myself. As much as I enjoy the luxury of days where I feel like sleeping in, rolling out of bed and just walking, you know, 10 feet to the yeah. computer, I do feel like there will be a lot more opportunities for water cooler conversations in the office. Yeah. And, you know, that's how you meet people that can help you level up if you are in a, a space where... You know, networking is key, which you all, we often do right now over Zoom, Google Meet, or Teams, whatever tool you're using at your workplace. Yeah, for sure. Um, teams or whatever, yeah. But at the same time, yeah, that's why I still think it should be hard because I just don't think I can go back to that. I can't go back to that life, you know, of getting up, I mean, hours before work, getting ready, packing up everything, going all the way to work. You know, now I have time to do a lot more things in my life because I'm not using that extra hours to go to work so I can go to the gym instead, you know, from there go to work. And when I'm done work, you know, I can quickly get into house chores rather than transit in another hour, you know. And if it's a hybrid, yeah, for sure, let's do a hybrid. But the thing is that we're never going to go back to that life that we saw before. So even those water cooler conversations, who's to say you're going to be in the office at the same time as whoever you're going to be chatting with, right? Um, If it's a hybrid. So that person you might run into normally at the water cooler and in the lunchroom or whatever, it might not be the same because they're going to be like, okay, only five people from this team can come in. Uh, maybe culture days, everyone in that department comes in, whatever it might be. So, I mean, we're going into a different um, sort of era now, and I think we just have to adapt to whatever it is. It might, it might be having those water cooler conversations over 
at you know virtual you might see something pop up like that where it's like you go get a virtual water <laughs> when you actually get the water in your home so who knows who knows yeah i feel like in in for example in my workplace it's kind of like coffee right you get coffee with someone where you don't necessarily have to have a literal coffee it's just literally a call a video call and you still meet people it's super nice it works out yeah for sure what i'm curious about though is this impact since we know for certain that a lot of companies will not be going 100% full-time back to the office what happens to all of the empty spaces I mean reconversion like convert to something else maybe um, I think I about mean that. I feel like there was probably more office spaces than um, companies anyways I don't feel like you know office spaces is something that was overutilized in the first place yeah so like I feel like even if there's it may have been overutilized actually because if they leave now, I feel like there's other companies that might want that space, right? Or, you know, just maybe a company just wants the bigger space in general and now they have the opportunity to get that bigger space, yeah. right? Some companies let go of their spaces entirely during the pandemic, like completely, like they went full remote, let go of their spaces completely. So, I mean, I think we'll survive. Like the real estate is there, we're going to continue using them, you know, we can change their uses, right? So maybe we'll see more functional designs now, maybe co co cohabiting spaces, you know, of companies sharing costs for a space instead. Yeah. Right. And putting more effort into design and comfort for the workers. Like you might see that be that might be a positive thing. What I would like to see is for cities like Toronto, Vancouver, where getting a property or renting is super expensive, if they were to repurpose these buildings in some kind of way where it would be adequate for living in. Mm. It would make a lot more sense because currently the way office buildings are designed is so weird. The mm. bathrooms are, are are not the kind of things you want in your apartment. You know, they yeah. don't have regular toilets or whatever. And it, it's going to end up being a lot of empty spaces because I don't know if there's going to be more than enough companies to fill all of those spaces. That said, it would be nice to see a repurposing where it kind of makes more property, more living spaces available for people in mass. Yeah, or maybe, maybe we can just see bigger spaces um, and not have cramped desks where you're sitting down, you know, just see a more open, bigger space that you can work in and make yeah. it more, instead of putting us in these little tiny cubicles, cubicles little corners. Like, you know, get us working in, in just better work spaces, right? Because, I mean, in, in terms of repurposing or, you know, changing them into something, I'm not sure how that might go down because it might be, you know, maybe zoning laws or bylaws and blah, 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 and, and security as well because you may have, you might not be able to have, like, a residential unit in a commercial building, especially security-wise. Maybe you need a pass card to get in, access to another floor, like, things like that, you know, after hours. So it might get complicated, and maybe some areas might just be commercial use. Um, so and it might get really weird if you're having a... A Monday meeting with a slide deck and someone walks by with their robe and brush exactly <laughs> and just come down even coming downstairs to the lobby in their robe or whatever it's just yeah. not a very professional look yeah. in that area at all right so fair um, that's one thing to think about too uh, in in terms of thinking about I know there's a lot of de- deliberation going on with who's gonna win what in in the upcoming Academy Awards is this something you caught up with yeah, I mean the ninety fourth Academy Awards, the Oscars, yeah. the you know, popularly known as. There's a few. Honestly, this year is a, is a big, it's a big, um, it's a struggle in terms of best picture because there's a few good pictures in there. You've got Nightmare Alley up for grabs, as well. You've got Don't um, Don't Look Up. Um, what else is in there? Dune. 
Dune, Dune was yeah. a good one too. Lincoln you got King Richard. Belfast. Um, I heard Belfast was really good. Yeah, you got West Side Story, which I don't think should be on that list, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't think West Side Story is best picture material. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a remake, yeah, but... Yeah, and it's a musical by the Steven exactly. Spielberg, right? Yeah, but it's not... I mean, it has a shocking end, but it's not it's not Oscar. The performance, worthy, like what I consider to be Oscar-worthy. Yeah. Um, the Power of the Dog, now that's a really good performance. Yeah. Um, the the acting in there, the storyline, just the, the visuals, everything about that movie is really good, right? What um, I want to see is Drive My Car. I've heard it's a pretty I haven't seen that film. one, actually. I heard it's a pretty awesome film. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that on my list. I definitely want to see all of the movies on here. I've seen Nightmare Alley. That's also a remake. Um, Bradley Cooper in it. Interesting film, interesting film, but I feel like the dog is stronger, King Richard is stronger. My money is on, I'll probably go with the dog, Power of the Dog or King Richard, especially because of Will Smith's uh, performance in there. He had a really good performance, even from the way he walked. He really studied his character quite well. So, I mean, we might see that um, go well. And I think that's a good segue into the best actor category. Exactly. So, obviously, Will Smith is... In there for best actor as well. Yeah, Papa Denzel. That's what I call Denzel's him. in there for tragedy of Macbeth. But you know what? I haven't seen the tragedy of Macbeth. I've just been put off by the whole black and white theme of it. Oh. So it hasn't pulled me in to go watch. Have you seen it? Not yet. But it's something that I feel like a lot of times when you ask about seeing stuff, the answer is yeah. always no. Because I always wait for this like perfect moment, you know, to watch this thing in in a cozy environment or whatever. Yeah. But this is one film that I really really want to see because I love the black and white aesthetic. Yeah. I think it was directed by the Coen Brothers. Who I really, really admire, right? Yeah, I mean, so Black and White gives me like you know old school seventies vibes. So I'm not really too into it. Like I know Denzel is doing more of this sort of like stage play hybrid movie movie thing these days because he did Fences, Fences, right? I think Fences did win an Oscar, no? I do not remember. Uh, exactly. they, they won some awards. I mean, Fences was pretty good, and it was like I guess one set, but filmed as a movie, right? So sort of maybe the same thing with Macbeth, but the whole Black and White thing sort of put me off. The same thing with his son, actually, which is funny. Um, is it Tenet? Not, not oh, Tenet, but, um, but he did another movie that was black and white. Yeah, was it the one with Zendaya? Was Zendaya in that movie? I'm not sure who else was in it, but the whole movie is black. It's a Netflix movie, too. Yeah. And it's all, it, was, it was all black and white. I was like, okay, father, like, son, what's going on here? <laughs> so, Princess <laughs> Viola Davis won Best Supporting Actress at the Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. Best Supporting. Okay. Yeah, and Denzel was nominated for Best Actor, but did not win. But didn't win. Okay, yes. so he was just nominated in that one. Yeah. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, really good performance in Power of the Dog. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom. It's on my list. I haven't seen... That's for Andrew Garfield. Yeah. If you guys remember him from uh, Spider-Man. Yes. And you got Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. I haven't also seen that one, too. But just from the three other performances... Um, Power of the Dog and King Richard those are strong contenders for me Yeah. and then I haven't seen Tragedy of Macbeth but I feel like that is a strong contender just because of what I know of Denzel Yeah. and so from the trailers you know it's probably, probably a good bet and his walk I saw the trailer and there was, I couldn't miss it right you know I think he does with his shoulders when he yeah. walks it's like this is unmissable but yeah I think for the best actress category there's a lot of films that didn't like were not super popular yeah. But I, I bet the performances are amazing. So, out of from the best actress performances, right, for best actress, only one of the films on there was actually nominated for best picture. Being the um, which is, which is being the Ricardos. Ricardos, Nicole Kidman. 
Yeah, actually, the one you were nominated for be- oh, the one you were nominated for best picture, they just had an actor for best actor, for best actor category. Best actor category though, so, yeah. So technically, none of the films on for best actors were nominated for best pictures, but somehow. Um, these actresses are on for best actress, which is kind of speaks, maybe that speaks to the fact that there are a lot of male leads in the best picture category, mm. as opposed to female leads, right? Mm, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that because I was like, why is it like there's a lot of best actresses nominated, but none of them have best pictures nominated? So that yeah. might be the case where the movies that were nominated for were mostly male leads. That's a good one, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely see some of this movie that unfortunately I haven't seen. Most of these movies, I guess, they were maybe big blockbusters or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like being the Ricardos keeps coming up, so I'm definitely gonna see that soon. Um, and the rest of them, Christian Stewart, I like her as well. Susan Spencer, so she's nominated for Best Actress. Olivia Coleman for Lost Daughter, Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Eye. I really like um, Jessica Chastain, and I've always just admired her presence on screen. Mm-hmm. She has a way of driving the story, regardless of what role she plays. And I'm I'm curious to see this performance in the eyes of uh, Tammy Faye. For sure, I mean, get my take on it. I definitely want to see Christian Stewart's movie because um, I don't remember the last time I, last thing I after I know I seen one maybe one more movie after um, Twilight. That's I mean everyone knows it from Twilight, right? <laughs> yeah. And what else has she been in? I, I'm pretty sure I saw something else. Oh, Charlie's Angels. She did the reprisal for Charlie's Angels um, in 2019. And since then, I haven't really seen it, seen anything. But yeah, Spencer is basically about uh, the Princess Diana, right? She plays um she plays Princess Diana in that movie, I think. So we'll watch it, see how that goes. Yeah, we should have like an Academy Award like watch party where we see all these nominees. Mm, for sure. Like a marathon. Yeah, interested to see um see who wins. There's two 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 uh two black actors nominated for best actors this year, so. Last time that happened, I think Denzel won out with Training Day ahead of Will Smith. All right. Oh, they're going against each other again. Yeah, wow. again. Look at that. Yes. And so, yeah, should be fun. I know you're rooting for Will Smith in this one, right? I mean, yeah, I, just, I, I feel like he put work into his character. And I, I think it's about time. He doesn't have an Oscar yet. I don't think so. Right? No, yeah. he doesn't have the, an Academy Award. That's so, lead. Yeah, so I think he should. Because he should have won one for at least I Am Legend. What up? Right? I know he has a... a few amazing priceless performances yeah i am legend which is going to come up with a a sequel that they're working on i believe he's also involved in the sequel yeah was, uh, i am legend was you know a great movie we've got uh, independence day that's yeah. also um, a great movie yeah but i don't think yeah he doesn't he doesn't have any um, academy awards just nominations yeah I think it deserves. I think Ali was the one people thought he would win mm. when he portrayed Muhammad Ali, and I think that was the same year Trading Day came out. So it was one of those things where it's like, y'all should have just given Denzel this thing for Malcolm X. So right now would have been a good chance to give Will Smith for Ali, but yeah, it never happened like that. Exactly. Yeah, but the Academy Award film marathon should be a thing. I think that's an idea we should explore. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of explore, it's a nice segue. Windows. 11 <laughs> in our tech story this week windows are exploring the windows idea. explorer yes the idea of putting ads inside of windows explorer and okay. i think that's just like, like we don't have enough ads already that is ridiculous and i know apple and google are guilty constantly guilty of this of putting ads in products you've already paid for 
like you know you open the box of your new iphone you're spammed with ads for like apple music you know apple arcade and things like that like bro chill i already pay for this device i'll decide if when i want to subscribe google's are the same thing with like youtube premium mm. in your face and now microsoft i think is trying to join the notorious gang like why would you put an ad inside of my folders and subfolders like to me, it makes no, I'm not. I'm not sure how these guys come up with these things, or if they don't have anyone in their advisory board, <laughs> like telling them that you know this is not a good idea. Like, why would I want to open my file explorer, open my picture folder, and see ads? It makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. Like that doesn't even add up. Like, I'm storing this. I bought a computer, my personal computer. I have files on it. I store my files on that computer. And you're telling me now when I open up a file, I should be seeing ads? Come on. Microsoft ended up coming forward talking about, well, this test was not supposed to be leaked. Okay, well, now you're busted. Now we know what's happening. Imagine having a recipe. I mean, someone probably leaked it because they, like, they heard and they were like, this is utter nonsense. Like, I'm going to leak this to the press. Exactly. Because it makes no sense. Imagine having a recipe folder and you start seeing ads for restaurants near me inside of your Explorer window. Yeah, and that's like borderline on our. That's borderline, you know, creeping up on our privacy. Because like, why are you looking at my personal folders? Right. I mean, it's okay. There's, there's one thing to look at, you know, my browsing history and seeing what we're searching if we're connected to the same Wi-Fi. But to now start looking into my personal folders, is there is there nothing sacred? Yeah, I feel like they'll walk it back for now, just because of the uproar. But the fact that they've proven, I think, uh, what documents show now is it can be done. So we know that, especially with Windows 11, they've marketed this product as one of the best operating systems. Guess who's not getting Windows 11? Pretty much, right? Everyone is stuck on Windows 10 right now because apparently Windows 11 has so many limitations and I feel like it's one of those operating systems that uh, Microsoft is putting out there to give them more leverage on how they can do experiments like this, you know, against the will of the, of the end consumer, which is unfortunate. I know they're going to walk this back a little bit, but ultimately, since they know they can do this and people know for sure that technically it is possible, I feel like they're still going to do it at some point. Well, hopefully that'll be after my time. <laughs> and the one that's there can deal with it then. Oh, man. So, yeah, Microsoft, if you're listening, please don't go the same route as the rest of the guys uh, and do not put ads in our file explorer because they're going to see what you don't want to see. <laughs> My file explorer is clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, one story that is circulating has been obviously a ripple effect of the current global crisis with this war in Ukraine. I don't know if it's a global crisis, but it's turning out to be affecting literally everyone. Because at some point, we're all going to be touched by this, whether it's the price of bread or the price of gasoline. It's, it's a global crisis. Another thing that came out of it is, is, the, is you know, Chelsea FC, which is owned by Roman Abramovich, who is always constantly linked to Vladimir Putin. And this is going to obviously affect Chelsea FC on and off the pitch. Mm. How do you see it? I mean, it's, 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 it's hard to, like, see where you can stand on this, right? Because... Um, I did read a story, I'm not sure how true this story is, but basically Roman is responsible for Putin being in power. Um, from what I read, you know, he was the one that basically has suggested Putin uh, to take over from the previous um, previous person in power, right? And that suggestion was taken. And obviously, like, the government bought back Roman's company for, you know, billions more than he bought it for. 
right? Making Roman, you know, a very, very rich man, right? Mm. So this talks about how close they are in their friendship, even though he's publicly denounced Putin, but that must just be, you know, he's just saying that for PR, right? Oh, but, you know, back there making phone calls, you know, don't worry, Putin, I, I will, I'll tell the press that I don't care about you. You know, those kind of conversations, but who knows, who knows? Um, slippery slope, because, I mean, he lives in the UK. I know they're, they're, this, this stuff may affect the club, and obviously it's not just about him. There's other people that work there. There's British people that work for the club. Yeah. There's other international players that work for the club. So they need to be careful in how they handle it, right? Yeah, it has to. It, it requires a lot of close attention because of the ripple effect. You know, like you say about um, the job opportunities it creates. Even just the the small businesses surrounding Stamford Bridge mm. are booming because people walk through their streets ever so often and buy the little things they have on game day, and all the sanctions that has been put on this man right now directly affects the club. Like his assets have been frozen. Regards to Chelsea, they are, I think they've been banned from like getting into any kind of market for like player transfers. Obviously, you look at the way they're playing right now, it doesn't seem like anything is happening because they're scoring goals, they're winning matches. They, they just played in the Champions League and, they, and they're through to the next, next round. But this is a man who was willing to lose $3 billion of his money to run this club. That's how much he's lost running Chelsea. But the, the, the upside, if there's any, in that is they have been the most successful club in England since his mm-hmm. arrival. I think Some of that money, easy come, easy go, like this year as well, yeah. right? Like, he bought the oil firm for, like, what, 200 million, but sold it for billions. So it's just <laughs> like, eh, whatever, it's a profit that I wasn't meant to make anyways. Com- yeah. The company was worth billions when he bought it, when he purchased it from the, when it, when it was privatized, you know, by the Russian government. So, I mean, has he really lost three billion of his own money? That's another way to look at it as well, so... Yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting story. He's going to play out, obviously, over the coming weeks, months, who knows, maybe years. But one thing a lot of people are pointing at is the hypocrisy, what they say of the, the government. Mm. Because it's not like this guy just walked into the UK last week, Tuesday. This guy's been here for years. You already know what he does. You know who he is. And you let all these things go by up until mm. this very moment. And now you're trying to make it seem like you just had a aha moment, Eureka. Yeah. And this might have long-reaching effects for the Western economy as well, because people might not see Western countries anymore as a safe haven for their wealth as well. And might start looking for other avenues to, you know, put their funds in as well. So, I mean, let's see how it all plays out, right? We're here for the for the long haul. Yeah, go invest in Africa, you know, go buy that land in, 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 in Zimbabwe, in Zambia, you know, in Lagos. Go invest in Africa. That's, that's where you should put your money right now, not in Swiss banks, right? Standard. <laughs> All right, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us in this episode. It's been a great one. Um, we just came out here to chill, and uh, we should be on air again next week. Yeah, for sure. We'll see you guys then. All right, looking forward to the summer. Everyone, just take it easy one day at a time. And uh, until next time, it's back at Conversation. Conversation.